Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Milsey, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show. We will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. Coronavirus has got us all thinking about UK holidays and what better way to do that than in a camper van. Have the adventure of a lifetime in one of Camper Kings' high-end luxury camper vans. Check them out on Instagram at camperkings underscore NW or on the website at www.camperkings.co.uk. Prices start from just £85 per night. So book now and quote Across the Park podcast for free insurance and a free bottle of champagne during the month of September. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast, episode three of the 2020-21 season. We're in pre-season at the moment, as, as you're all aware. Um, so we've got quite a, quite a bit to cover tonight, but as usual in pre-season, it won't be as long as our, our regular in-season episodes. So we've got myself, Judgy, representing the Blues, and we've got Terry and Phil representing the Reds this week. So it's 2v1 on the Red side to, to even it up from last week where it was two Blues and one Red. Uh, we're going to kick off the show with Liverpool's uh, friendly game against Stuttgart yesterday. Or yesterday was it Saturday, wasn't it? Um, I think I believe it was a 3-0 victory. So yeah. I'll start with you, Phil. Um, what, what could you take? I know friendly games, as we always say, there's only so much you can take from it, but pleasing start to the pre-season, I guess. Yeah, well, it was a game in absolutely torrential rain to the point where I thought Klopp might almost say swerve this. You know, it, it's it's an injury risk. We could lose more than we gain from, from actually go, the game going ahead. He made a lot of changes. It was definitely, he made, I thought it was a totally different team in the second half. And it was a bit of a strange viewing experience because it was on LFC TV. Our mate, uh, John Aldridge, uh, present, uh, you know, uh, commentating and the, and the angle was mad like it was like being on row one of like the main stand or something you couldn't see the far sides of the pitch it was weird took a bit of getting used to but we I mean Liverpool it was kind of we, we took off where we left off really um, we were playing some good football some good you know good builds up play and all that but I think the main standouts were from the first half and that was Naby Keita picking off picking up where he left off linking up play well, sort of running the game in a, in a Genie Wijnaldum type fashion, uh, give and go, and he got himself a goal. And obviously, and I've been saying it a lot lately, Curtis Jones, he looked not not like a prospect or an upcoming youth player. He looked like a Liverpool player, a serious part of the squad, confident on the ball. He doesn't, in his own head, he doesn't think he's a, a prospect. He thinks he, he's, he should be staking a place for not only the squad, but the first 11. And it shows in his stature and the way he plays. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's a it's a good point, to be honest. I, I was really impressed with Jones. As you say, you know, I think towards the back end of last season, he started to really see his position in the team. You know, like when he's when he's being called on, he's done a good job. And and I think, you know, he, he knows that, that, that people are excited about him, you know, and, and what he can potentially grow into uh, as a player. So it was really nice to see that in pre-season, you know, that, as you say, that he, that he sort of came in and, 
and didn't let anything phase me. He's gone right back to work, you know, in, in terms of basically saying, you know, I, I belong in the conversation. Um, I'm not just going to be a bit part player. I'm hopefully going to play a bit more of a role in this team. Um, I agree. I think I think it was another good game for Cater. You know, he, he, we said it to me that he ended the season after lockdown probably the strongest out of any of the Liverpool players. Um, you know, we had a, a really good return and we started to see glimpses of what we thought we'd signed, you know, when when when, when we bought him. And um, I think, again, you know, he, he came in there and he looked very lively. You know, he was linking play, he was, he was getting involved and I think it was a good good performance. And it's a massive season for Keita. You know, it, it definitely is. We've said it, haven't we, on the podcast where... You know, he's really got to step up now and 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 show what what we signed, and I, and I think it it bodes well that he's ended last season well and he's starting this preseason strongly. Um, yeah. But no, we really, as you say, it's 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 hard to read too much into preseason in it. But a three 0 win is as comprehensive as you can hope to get, really, isn't it? In terms of you know yeah. in them conditions as well. Yeah, well, another thing that happened in the game was Brewster's got a goal now. We've only got a couple of friendlies, and if Klopp's going to have Olga Brewster in those games, what more can he do than score? There's talk of Origi potentially moving on. Um, Ryan Brewster's a more of a fox-in-the-box type of player for me. Um, I don't know if he's got a future with us next season. I've got a feeling, given the transfer situation and the budget due to COVID and all that, I've got a, fe- a feeling we might keep hold of Brewster this year. And He's got another goal, picking up where he left off for Swansea. Yeah, I'm d- I, I, I want to agree with you because I think you know it's good, always good to see youth coming through and stuff. I'm, whilst I can see him being kept in around the squad, I don't think he's he, he's going to be the backup option even if Origi you know left. I, I, he is very much one of them sort of fox in the box, as you say, types of players. And I think Klopp, the players that we've been linked with, if Origi does go, are all the players who've got a bit more versatility, I think, or who can play off the flanks. And I think that'll be, you know, you've seen the, the lad from Wofford that we've been linked with. Um, can't even think of his his, his name now. That's uh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So he he obviously plays off that left flank, and I think if you sign someone in that sort of role, you've got it gives us a lot more options. If Salah's out, Mane can go on the right, and someone can go on the left. If Firmino's out, Mane can go up top, you know, or, or and and someone's there available on the left hand side. If if or Salah can go there, you know, it you can you can chop and change. I think if if you basically say that, you know. Bruce is going to be our backup option. That I'm, I'm not really sure that I can see him playing anywhere across that front three, and I think that sort of limits our our options. You know, so I think we will be in the market of a Rigi left. But I do think there's a place for for Brewster in cup games, maybe you know, in and around the squad. But I actually do feel like there's maybe another loan out there for him. I, I think another season going out on loan. Um, at a, at a, maybe a prem side, you know, and, and basically see can he do it in the prem on a regular basis from from for an up and coming side. Um. And then we'll see what happens. I'm just not sure that it, he's quite ready to go and be our backup option, really, to any of them front three. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. I mean, he'd, he'd nick here a few goals, um, potentially important goals along the way, who knows. But um, it, you've got to think about what's best for his development. And sometimes that is being in and around those world-class players and mentality week in, week out training. Sometimes it's better for you to get games on a regular basis. He's just done that. So he's got to be looking for something different now. So I think a Premier League loan. But... You know, let's just someone wants him if there's going to be takers out there for him. But if not, I'd, I'd, I'd keep hold in light of, you know, developing him to his full potential. Two more players I want to touch on in, in the friendly, Terry. Uh, Simicas obviously made his debut. He got balled by Milner, Milner for not passing, it, not passing to him after he made a big run. Um, but, 
but, but yeah, but he gave a bit back himself at one point. I think he, he sprinted across the pitch to cut, cut something out and turned around and said, where are you? You know, there's no one with me. Um, all that tells me part of he feels part of the squad and the players have accepted him enough to bollock him. You know, you wouldn't do it. Have you thought he was only just trying to Yeah, I mean, a bit shy? From both angles, really, it's nice to see, you know, that the standards haven't slipped and Milner in a pre-season game, you know, he's letting them know straight away what, what's expected now that you're wearing the Liverpool shirt. So that's good to see. And and as you say, that I think he took it quite well and, he, you know, he didn't shrink or, or look like he just his head fell off and he disappeared from the game. Um, it's hard to read too much into, you know, a, a pre-season performance of a new sign and who, who basically hasn't had any chance really to get into the Liverpool way of playing or anything like that. But from what I've seen, he looked hard, he looked quick, you know, in terms of getting about the pitch and stuff, which is always an asset for a fullback. Um, I know yeah. we've had quick fullbacks in the past with Moreno, but it looks, at least looks like Simicas has got a bit of a brain. Um, yeah. So, but no, you know, it, I think I think it it, it is it, it's good to see that he's he's come in and and he's getting a little opportunity in the preseason games and just finding out what it's about and and he's being told you know the standards these are these are what is and isn't acceptable um, from one of the leaders at the club. I still think it's going to be one of them. It'll be an Andy Robertson type of type of situation for him where he's going to have to buy the time you know to mm-hmm. to, to get into break into the team. Klopp obviously likes his player to learn the patterns and stuff, doesn't he? And and obviously in front of him he's got. Probably one of the best fullbacks in Europe, so he's going to be waiting a long time. But it was nice to see, you know, him getting some games, and 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 it's, it's it looks like he's he's a lively, capable backup. So we'll see what happens on that one. Last one, just before I move on, um, I wanted to give a little special mention to this Camito. I'm not sure how you say his name, but he played. He came on towards the end, centre half, absolute giant. I think he's bigger than Van Dijk. But he could pass the ball about, and he was just like proper caught the eye. And like, who, who is he? Like, I don't even know when we signed him or where he's come from or nothing. Yeah, it's a it's a good question because it was one that hadn't. You know, it's not it's not a name that sort of jumped to my head when I look when I think of like some of the prospects you know that people talk about through like yeah. the, the youth ranks or whatever. So I'm not really sure. I can't really give you too much color on on him, like his backgrounds or anything like that. But. Um, I know what you mean. Like he, he looked like he did have a little bit about him, you know, in terms of knocking the ball around. And but you know, it's, it's, it's he, what he, he hasn't been in that long, has he? He's only been at the club a couple of years. Um, yeah. And and Klopp, Klopp was saying that I think he's been there or there about a few times, and he, he obviously impressed in the the 18s and the, the 23s last season. And Klopp said he, you know, he's a serious talent. Uh, he's obviously got a lot to learn or whatever, but he's got a lot about him. And I think he's gone out of his way a few times in in little. Um, Interviews he's done to mention him, but yeah, I think it's you were talking about Bruce to getting the experience of being around the players day to day. I think for him it was a bit of a nod to say, "Look, you've been recognised. We want yeah. to have you around the, the the squad to see what the standards are like, and and for you to get used to that level, uh, and probably just to give him a little bit of a confidence boost, I suppose, when he goes eventually goes back to the academy." Yeah, I think I, I agree. I don't think it's any any sign that he's going to sort of be rapidly promoted into the first team squad or anything along them lines, you know, but. But no, it was again. It's always good to see some of the the, the younger prospects get their go, isn't it? Um, and it's just it, it it's interesting to see whether they grow and seize it. You know, after they've had their taste, it's like I want more of that, and and they really sort of seize that opportunity that we've seen with Trent in the past, then Jones and stuff. But or is it one of them where it doesn't quite work out for them? You know, we we've seen it happen with, with with youth players in the, in in the past. I can't even think of the. the, the, the I, th- I think the. I think the other one, well, you like Bobby Duncan, for example. The other one is, 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 do they go back to the academy and take that as a bit of a, you know, a shun? 
I'm mm. thinking, well, I'm better. I should be with the first team. I thought I was good enough. I think that's the interesting dynamic when the when the lads go up to the first team. It's how they respond when they've been dropped back down. Do they think they're too big, or do they just carry on knuckling down? I think I think that's something that Klopp seems seems. It seems like he's keen to do that. He's done that with the likes of, um, you know, Leighton Clarkson and Jake Kane and the lads who played in that in the in the cup spell. They went quickly back to the academy, almost to say, well. You know, you've, you've played at Anfield now, but are you still going to put the work in at Kirby when you go back? And I think in the main, they have done. I think mm. that'll be interesting with him because he does seem to, to be having himself as well. Yeah, but it's, you know, it is a good point. But but there are a few in the past, you know, that we've seen. Like, Shea Ojo was the one that I was thinking about where, you know, in pre-season, he always seemed to, like, get a goal or do something where you think, oh, he looks like he's got a bit of bar in him. You know, he's going to... And he just never really never really made that step up, did he, when he was, when he was called upon? So... It is interesting to see, and I think it's a good point, Judgey. Like you know, when they go back to back down to like the the younger, the like the you know the lower stages at the club, um, do they, you know, do they think they're the big man, or or do they see it as a you know, it doesn't make them hungrier to get back, you know? So it, it, it's one to watch and keep an eye on, I suppose. But but no, it was it was nice to see him pinging a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a funny preseason in general, isn't it? Because I think, as far as I know, we've got one more friendly, which is coming up tomorrow, uh, possibly today, depending on when you're listening to this, um, against Red Bull Salzburg, and then we're right into the Charity Shield. And I think that's it. So it's going to be an unusual season. Um, obviously, the friendly with Salzburg, I think that shows that we've got a connection, haven't we, with Red Bull? There's, there's a bit of a relationship there. Um, and some people have even touted it as a potential scouting mission because I think the path that Red Bull do is you go from you go from uh, Salzburg, then you go to Leipzig, and then you move on to you know it's a stepping stone team, isn't it? So the Salzburg's the very early stage of, of they get young progressive players in with, with you know a lot of potential. So it could be half a scouting mission as well. Yeah, well, it's one of them. You know, I think there is a little bit of a good relationship there. I think it's Ralph. Ra- Rangnerich, isn't there? Who's who's the the manager yep. of Red Bull, or like this, or he was the sporting director of Red Bull or whatever. And I think, you know, there's a there's a sort of recognition there that he likes the you know some of the work that Liverpool have done and and some of the philosophy and thing the way that we go about things. And I think you know you can see that in the in the way that Red Bull play that players who are playing there have, have seemed to be a good fit when they have came to Liverpool. Cater accepted so far because he hasn't quite got there. But you know, Mane's a player who's been there and and and. I, I think if you watch their style of football, it is very, as you say, attacking, progressive. You know, it's it, it's neat, tidy, technical. Players who are playing there and playing well there, you think would be a good fit. And if they've gone from the Salzburg to Leipzig, you know, Bundesliga, which is where people think that's a you know a good stepping stone for the Prem in terms of style and stuff like that, it is a nice little sort of um, not conveyable because it isn't like a you know a, an official thing, but it's a nice sort of. Talent. relationship yeah, yeah talent pool to fish from you know and and i think when when um you know when we signed when we signed cater and stuff it was all i think Klopp made point of that he said you know the people at red bull are very professional and they're very progressive in the way that they want to work and they've got the data science and all of that side of things is right on point with them so it isn't a shock for them players to then come to liverpool and all of a sudden you know the the, the subject to all of our sorts of scientific measures and the way that we're doing things so I think there is something there, and I think there's a mutual respect, and and you know it is one of them. You'd be watching and thinking, is there any of these little players that we, you know might be interested in in a couple of years? Because yeah. as you say, we've picked up a few there, Minamino, you know, another one, and so yeah, there are there are some players there that we've liked the look of. So you know, it's it, it's it's certainly one to watch. And lastly, just before we move on to Everton's friendly, 
Um, do you think it's good prep for the Charity Shield in that, that you know they're a team that you would like to attack and, and come at you, similar to Arsenal? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's one of them where we, you know, we need to sort of um, learn anything about Arsenal. I think we know what mm. we're going to get with Arsenal. Um, you know, you, you, it's different when you when you're playing against like a European side or whatever, and you're like, oh, it could be good prep, you know, because you, it, you're less familiar with them. But I think we know what we're going to get with Arsenal. That, as you say, they're attacking sides, their strengths are going forward and maybe not at the back. Um, and you'd rather system. play a team that's got a bit of that, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, you know, it's not a Systems of play might be the same, Terry, but counter-attack football and that type of stuff. You might be able yeah. to work a few of the systems. Yeah, possibly. You know, you'd rather play something that's at least a little bit familiar, like similar than, you know, go and play a team that's going to put 10 men behind the ball and dig in for, for 90 mm-hmm. minutes. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it, it's better than not playing an attacking side. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think we know what we're going to get with Arsenal. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen enough of them and, it just depends, I suppose, what what, what Arsenal turns up, doesn't it? Um, because yeah. you know they they've got players who can't hurt you, but they'll and it's a weird one because obviously they beat us in 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 the post lockdown sort of running or whatever. But you know previously you've watched them and thought they are absolutely garbage. You know in terms of like just no, no, it's such a soft underbelly. But it all depends which Arsenal turn up, I suppose. But either way, if we turn up, there's nothing down for them. So it's what yeah. it is, isn't it? So, Judgey, just to bring you in now, um, obviously Everton have been involved in a three-all draw with Blackpool, and I don't know if it was televised uh, or whether you managed yeah, to see it. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah what it, it was available to, to season ticket holders and, and Everton members or whatever, but uh, yeah, well, it was, a, I think, the first place to start. It was it was a horrific start for us. We were 3-0 down within 11 minutes, which, when you look at the team he put out, it was, it was a massive shock. It was pretty much the strongest team that, that we could have started with with the players we had available. Mm. So, you know, it was, a, it was a really poor start. Mistake. I mean, I think when you, when you look at the scoreline after 11 minutes, it, it's like, wow, what's going on there? Um, when you look at the goals themselves, they just stunk of like proper sloppiness and, and like, you know, first pre-season game, really rusty, trying to, trying to play out when really they weren't really sharp enough, do you know what I mean? I think they've yeah. not, not had many sessions, I don't think, really been on the ball much. It, you know, it's probably been a lot of doggies going on just to get, you know, shake all the um, all the ale out of the system that they maybe got <laughs> down them in the last few weeks. But, no, it was it was a poor start, 3-0 down, but it, it, it did seem to shake the players up a little bit and, and kind of remind them that, all right, OK, we've got to be professional, even though we are playing a, a team that's, you know, a few leagues below us. Um, thankfully, you know, just for pride, we, we did recover. Uh, the lineup itself, it was it was a no, it was notable that he that he'd started with John Joe Kenny ahead of Seamus Coleman. I think that was a was a good nod for him to show John Joe Kenny that you know he, he is maybe in Carlo Ancelotti's thinking, and and, he, and Carlo Ancelotti does want to see him play some minutes because um, it's definitely a position before this game and going into preseason. I think where a lot of Evertonians would be thinking that we would need to strengthen. With Coleman, you know, probably the with his better years behind him, John Joe Kenny, Kenny obviously being out on loan last season, Sadibi going back to Monaco, um, so it was pleasing to see John Joe Kenny start, and, and maybe an indication that Carlo Ancelotti's happy to look at that position as being, I suppose, not as much an issue as as, as we maybe thought it was. Um, but a couple of mistakes from from Mason Olgate, which we which he'll have been disappointed with, particularly now with a. I think going into pre-season and going into this season, most Everton fans would consider Holgate to be our first-choice centre-back. 
and probably the certainly the centre back last year that that was the most consistent, um, and the player out of all of our centre backs who's probably got the most potential with age on his side, and and I know the athleticism and the fact that you know he can play. So he, uh, to a certain extent, I was quite pleased to see him make a couple of mistakes because I think it'll be good for him um, because he, he has had a good season last season. But it's probably reminds them that. You know, we can't rest on that. He's got to stay switched on. He's not at the level yet where he's proven himself over much more than you know half a season. Yeah. Um, so it was him and it was him and Brandwaite that started centre back. So Michael Keane was on the bench. Um, I, I didn't read too much into that apart from the fact that again, I think uh, Ancelotti's saying to Brandwaite at the moment, you have got a place in this first team squad until you know we maybe bring in another centre back. Um, so that didn't. I suppose didn't bode too well for neither of them that, that we conceded three sloppy goals early on. But looking at again, looking at the response and, and maybe some positives, um, Dominic Calvert Lewin's got a goal, which I was actually surprised to hear, even though it was it was, you know, we did speak about it. It's the first goal he got since since lockdown. So he had a very a very good run pre lockdown, yeah. but he hadn't scored after that. So it was his wow. first goal for a while. So good for him to get on the score sheet. It was a good header, good set piece. Um Decent corner from Sigurdsson, who obviously went on and got the other couple of goals as well. Um, Calvert Lewin's won the penalty, which Sigurdsson put away, um, and then and then we scored a free kick after that. I mean, there wasn't that many, you know, standout performances from us. It was very much one of them games where it's a run out for the players. Um, I think a couple of players I would mention: um, Niels and Kunku. Um, he's he's the only signing we've made so far. He's a young lad from from Marseille. He plays left back, and I think initially he was signed as a player who was going to go into the under twenty threes. But um, with the retirement of Leighton Baines, or certainly the the fact that he hasn't signed a, another contract, um, that's given him a bit of an opportunity at the moment. And he come on and, and you know really looked like a breath of fresh air. Um, he had the you know the the um, enthusiasm of a young as a, of a young player, but you know he had a bit of class about him as well. Slightly lacking in, in the, the you know the the end product side of things, but you know he showed a lot of uh, application and and certainly some decent positional sense as well. Um, you know when he replaced Luca Dean. Um, so I think I think I think that that was a that was a big positive for me again. Like I say, John Joe Kenny starting and, and looking apart from the start of the game defensively, looking looking decent at right back. Um, what was and, the tempo like, judge of the game? Was it a quick? Well, I, I, to be honest, I think after the start they made, it, it did. You know, it was, it was played at a decent tempo. I think we mm. started really slowly, and, and they they did take advantage of it. They looked to be at least a week ahead of us in their preparation. You could see that, but but you know the tempo certainly stepped up after they took a three goal lead because I think there's a degree of embarrassment amongst the Everton players. It sounds um, to me like good prep. Yeah, well, I, I think it was for that for that reason. I think it did shake the players up a little bit, um, and yeah, like I say, because because they were they looked to be ahead of us in their preparation. It, it was good, I think, for, for for us as a as a team and as a collective. Um, you know, there's, there's still a few noticeable absentees in that squad. Andre Gomez still hasn't come back from injury. I don't know what's going on with Fabian's health. I mean. I, 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 he hasn't been he hasn't been seen for quite some time yet. The club aren't saying that it's a, a long-term injury, but it, again, he was nowhere near the squad. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's we, we're still we're still missing a few players in there. Tom Davies played, and again, it was just fair the proof to me that he's not he, he he's not good enough. Um, 
absolutely nowhere near it for me. But he, he just kind of went through the motions in there and, and, and didn't really do much of any note. So, go on. I was just say, have you got any other friendlies booked in? Yeah, we've got Blackburn next week. So, so we, play, we play Blackburn next week away, which I'm expecting fairly similar in terms, similar in terms of a test. It's probably a slight step up. Um, mm. But yeah, that's not for another week now. I, I feel as though the way they've scheduled it is, you know, let's give the players a run out now early on and kind of, you know, get rid of the cobwebs. And I think he kind of wants to give himself maybe and brands a bit of time to get some bodies in now before the next one. Um, yeah. that's, that's my opinion of it anyway. I mean, that... The other players who did play in the game, um, or I think you know, they're worth noting and not potentially not necessarily on a positive note. Alex Obi um, and Moise Keane played on in the wide positions. They were they were dreadful to be fair. Moise Keane looked um, fit to be fair. He looked in good shape and everything, but just made no impression on the game. And Alex Obi was was typically Alex Obi. Um, got on the ball quite a bit, but just no. No incisiveness to his game um, whatsoever, and I think you know we're going to come on and talk about um, Yannick Balassi later on. You know the fact that he's come on and made an impression, and, and, and more more so than a Wobie, it probably tells you a lot about about his performance. Mm. But yeah, look a decent workout, like I say, and um, good to see them respond the way they did. Good for Gilfie Sigurdsson's confidence, and, and it was interesting to hear the comments that that he made um, after the game when he, you know, the. I think the journalist who interviewed him was was kind of alluding to the fact that, well, was 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 in no uncertain terms telling them that you know he hasn't had a great period um, in the last year or so at Everton, and what does he feel about the performance and 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 the, you know where he stands at the club, and he was basically saying that the manager's happy with me, um, you know it was good to 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 contribute today, but he, he was suggesting that he's doing everything the manager wants and, and he's pleased with his own performance. <laughs> Which I suppose on, you can't blame on Saturday scoring two and setting up the other one, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm obviously slightly alarmed if that is the case. Um, but yeah, a, a slightly interesting. And again, I think before we do move on, um, John Joe Kenny also spoke about the fact you know coming back to the club and um, he, he, you know his comments plus the fact he, he started the game suggested to me that you know Ancelotti is potentially going to have him. Is maybe not first choice, but certainly in contention, fighting for that right back role because he said that he went out to on loan to Schalke to get more minutes, but to get more minutes to come back as a better player for Everton, not to go and get more minutes to go and you know progress his career. He, he wants he wants to come back to Everton and he wants to you know prove his worth. And and look, I, I don't think any Evertonian begrudges him that. I don't think I think every Evertonian wants him to be our first choice right back because he's. He doesn't get more local than John Joe Kenny. You know, he grew up mm. literally a minute from the ground um, yeah. and has supported Everton all his life, as do all his family. So I think we all want him to do well. And so it'll be interesting to see how the, that pans out for him. Yeah, and I think before we move on, I think it's just worth touching on, I think he played another game with a select 11 uh, with Broadhead, Broadhead scoring five goals in that game. Um, yeah, what, well, you, what can you tell us about that? Well, we had a, we had a few players who were out on loan uh, last year. Um, and, and you know when they come back off loan it's always interesting to see whether they go into the first team squad or certainly interesting for them or whether they drop back down to the 23s and Nathan Broadhead was one of the players who went out, a bit, went out on loan to Burton last season and, and by all accounts had a, a decent loan spell um, he was straight away put back into the 23s and he played in a second 11 game if you like at Runcorn um, over the weekend which wasn't really 
you know, because of the nature of the the opposition, it wasn't really um, it wasn't televised for one, and, it, and there wasn't really much wrote about it apart from the fact that Nathan Broadhead scored five goals, and, and David Unsworth said, and I think in his words, he was by far the best player on the pitch. Um, it'll be interesting to see if you know if he is going to get any time with the first team, and you know whether whether he's going to feature. I mean, I, I can't say that his loan spell at Burton was was good enough to really raise enough eyebrows on that, you know, on that alone. Um, but certainly it's shown a lot about him. You know, we spoke about how the players react when they've either come back on loan from loan or whether when they've been dropped down to the 23s. For he, him, for me, going and playing against the Runcorn side, he's, it seems like he's stuck his neck out and made a conscious effort to show that he's better than, you know, the rest of the players out there. So credit to him. And, you know, I hope he does maybe get a, get some minutes against Blackburn so he can kind of show whether he is better, if, you know, or he's as good as the players we've got in there. Because, like I say, the likes of a will be season and again on Saturday. So he deserves his chance, at least in training, if not, you know, getting yeah. some minutes against Blackburn. Yeah. Terry, strange one on Sunday night for us. Um, no longer the champions of Everton, uh, Bayern Munich, the current European champions. A glimpse to the past in Phil Coutinho and a potential glimpse of the future in Thiago Alcantara. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, first of all, we're happy to see Munich lift it ahead of PSG. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a, a bit of a split one, really, because on one hand, you don't want other teams to be sort of like, you know, pull on level and stuff and, and in terms of the number. Um, but at the same time, by Munich, they'd see themselves as European royalty, you know, and fair play. You know, that, that was number six for them. Um, and I'd rather there was a small select group, you know, at the, at the top of the standings in terms of total number of European Cups than it be start to be gatecrashed by the money clubs like PSG, you know, new money coming in and just sort of buying the way to success. So, I was, I think I was, I think I was pleased that Bayern Munich, you know, won it ahead of PSG. To be honest, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And obviously, I think there's a football in God as well because that Neymar, I can't yeah. stand Neymar. I don't want to see him lifting any any it's trophies not, of that type of. Um, no, not like not likable at all. Um, and it, it, it's just, I think, you know, I sort of see PSG as a little bit like a, like a Chelsea, you know, a, a, a European Chelsea, just sort of like. Got a loads of money in, and they just romped their league. But then, you know, for years they couldn't do anything in, in Europe. You know, and, and they, well, they still haven't done anything in Europe in in, in terms of like more recent times. But that's yeah. the first final. But it took Chelsea years to sort of finally get off the break their duck, and it was nice, you know, because it was like it just shows how difficult it is, you know, to go and win them big European competitions. But yeah, so I, I was pleased that Bayern won it. You know, I'd prefer them to win it than than than, than, than PSG certainly. Yeah, just keep them in their lane. Um, so yeah, um, first of all, I just want to squash the rumours that Liverpool will be getting five million from Coutinho. Apparently, that's not true. It was a nice little story that was doing the rounds, but uh, apparently, the, there's no truth in that. But um, yeah, you know, just, just can I just say because I know we listen. I've that Mick, and you No, but um, I mean Coutinho. It's a weird one because you know his career hasn't in terms of his performances and not being great since he left Liverpool, a huge decline in, in output on the field, but a massive uptake in terms of trophies won. He's won the Spanish League, the German League, the European Cup. I think he's won League Cups in both countries as well. So, yeah, in terms of, he's done all right. Yeah, in terms of medal hall, he's done all right. But again, it's, it's, are they a bit hollow? Because it's like, what part has he played in them? You know, so it's, yeah. it, it, it's one of them in it. Like, 
for all of them medals that he bit of on his wall, does he feel like he's actually really? I don't know he he will. Yeah, he will in, in in some respects, but not nowhere near the level where if he had to be in at Liverpool, do you know what I mean? And we went on to do what we've done, and he would you know that he would have been a big part of them. So, yeah, it's one of them. It's it, in terms of the numbers, yes, you know, it's been a successful, I suppose, move away from Liverpool in terms of trophies for him. He hasn't done bad, um, but in terms of his, as you say, his performances and whether he's happy with his career, I I, I think it'd be a firm no. Um, yeah, and did you see maybe a playful dig from Lovren, who's tweeted on, on his account, congratulations, brother, finally, as if to say, like, you know, we'll do that a lot sooner. <laughs> oh, well, less said about Lovren, the better. Well, he's, he's been, he's been uh, making a few quotes uh, in the press since well, he's left. That he, saying that he smashed Ramos and all this, didn't he? It's like, shut up, <laughs> yeah. you absolute beaut. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> even if you did, I don't believe you, he probably f- fell over and ran into him or something. Yeah. Never wouldn't have done it on purpose because I know he thinks he's some big mad hard case lover, but never really seen it. Me, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, he's doing his best, isn't he, to stay in the limelight and and win the uh, the affection of Liverpool fans. The other comments he made as well about going, going to Anfield and watching us celebrate. Then he was talking about, as you say, Ramos, and now about the Salah thing. You know, it's uh, listen. You know, it's it's if if he genuinely does love Liverpool, oh, it's like great. You know, Sam mate, nice one, but. For me, I would have preferred him to just concentrate on his football a little bit more and stop his, his gums flapping. You know what I mean? And he would have got a lot more respect from me as a Liverpool fan um, because he always spoke at the wrong time. He always ended up saying something stupid, you know, just on the eve of big games and that, that it inevitably ends up biting him on the arse. So it was just like, shut up. You know, like you're one of them plays where you just don't want to listen to him or hear from him because it's like every time you speak, it backfires. So, yeah, no, whatever, Lovren, like, behave yourself. Well, the main reason I'm touching on the Munich game is because another maestro-type performance from Thiago Alcantara. And the rumours are heating up. And a lot of reports coming out of Germany saying personal terms are done. Thiago said there's goodbyes. It's just a case of can we agree a fee? The suggestion is it's about €30 million, Euros, £27 million pounds for what is one of the best midfielders in the world, albeit he's 29 years old. Um First of all, what you make of his performance? I don't know if you saw the game, and and you know what you think of the rumours. Yeah, well, it, it, you know it was it was it was a boss performance. What a way to sign off! You know, if that is his final game for them, because he absolutely ran the show. You know, he looked so silky. You know, and everything that he'd done just was was intelligent and and technical, and he just looked brilliant, didn't he? If, if yeah. we're being honest, do you know what I mean? It was an MVP performance, wasn't it? Yeah, but what, what sort of... I've been on him for years. I loved him when he was at Barcelona. Oh, this yeah. isn't a, a new thing for me. No. But, you know, he does play in that number six role, and it's very... He's not a destroyer by any means. He's, he's a creator, but from deep. Mm-hmm. And one thing, you know, although I've seen him, you know, you pay attention when you're watching him play for other teams, you're paying attention to what's his first touch like, oh, it's, it's gorgeous and, and all that type of stuff. But you don't pay attention to what's he giving the team in other areas. But now we're watching him through that lens. And because he gets injured and that a lot, I thought maybe he didn't have the physicality to get about that pitch and stuff, but he does. He does. And, yeah. and he's a bit ass with them tackles and he breaks up play um, from that deep role as well. So, you know, I yeah. was looking at him through a different lens and thinking, Do you know what, he's, he looks like a cop player. Yeah, it's a, you know, it was a serious performance and it was certainly one that, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have done anything to sort of get Liverpool fans to quell their excitement because if you do sign him, you, you know, you, you know, you're getting a, an absolute top draw player, you know, in terms of world-class player, you know, not not just someone like Potential or finished article, no sort of stuff. Um, 
still think it's a it's a it's a it feels like a strange signing, out of character signing for Liverpool. You know, in 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 that whilst we have bought players who are the finished product and a little bit, you know, later in the twenties in Van Dyke and stuff where we felt that we need absolutely needed and, and there was no better and we were prepared to go and spend the money. I just think it's out of character for Liverpool in the, at the moment, the way that we've everything we've done under Edwards and stuff and, and FSG to go out and sign a twenty nine year old as good as he is and pay thirty million quid for him when he's got less than twelve months now left on his contract. You know, it just just doesn't see especially when we're in the middle of basically, you know, revenues being hit and the talk of money being tight and all that. It just seems like so out well, of character. Because I don't look at our midfield and think like that's where we're light. I don't look at a no. deep line number six and think and that's where what we're missing, you know, in, in, in no. terms of this Liverpool side. So that's why it just still feels like a weird one for me. But I do think it's a case of, you know, there's no smoke without fire. And as you say, that the, the rumours are there and the and the like apparently, as you say, the personal deal terms are agreed and apparently it's Klopp who's really sort of keen on him isn't he as opposed to you know the, the sort of Michael Edwards and the rest of the team that do some yeah, of the scouting well, and stuff, so. you know obviously being working in Germany Klopp's had an eye on him for a long time and he, he really likes the player you know I think there's obviously a bit of negotiation to be done the likelihood is we'll get him sort of mid to low 20s I would imagine um, although we might sign as a fresh signing players you know, in the younger 20s, well, we still re-sign players to new contracts in the later 20s. Mm. Um, and also, you know, with years running out of contract, but then everyone's going to be sniffing. Um, the other thing about that is the, the wages significantly go up. And and, and so, you know, the, the, the difference between signing them now and when the contract runs out wouldn't actually be 25 million. It might be more like 15 million by the time you add the excess wage on mm. and so you're paying a 15 million pound premium to be the first club in on a world-class player it is a weird one in terms of, of all the positions on the pitch that we need to fill because i mean wijnaldum is, is 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 one who potentially might be leaving we'll discuss that later um although it's it, you know this, the rumors aren't that strong but we, we've got loads of strength in depth um Cater's coming good. Uh, the Ox are starting to look good again. You've got Gruwich coming back even. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of players in that area and especially in the deeper because that's where why not? That's where Fabinho plays. That's where Wijnaldum plays. That's where Henderson kind of can play. So he's just like much of a muchness. But suppose for me what it does do, the likes of Milner, who's basically your first sub in a lot of times, then you've got Milner playing in the cup games for you rather than the kids. And you know, mm. and then you've got yeah. more of a chance to compete on, on, on more fronts. Yeah, no, I think it's a, that's a fair point. You know, it, 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 I suppose it just strengthens them options and it, it's almost like a bit more like a city then, doesn't it? Where you, your, second, your second string is a genuine top draw second string. I'm not saying that he will be Alcantara. I think he goes in the side. If no, I'm but then somebody else becomes a second else become, Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's a, it is an interesting point. Um, it's one of them... I, I, if it if it happens, I think I'll be very very happy about it. Um, but I'm still just sort of sitting on the fence, waiting to see how it develops. And you know, yeah. it could happen, but I, I'm just not sure. Um, just as I say, because it seems so out of character and not really desperately what we're looking for. Um, yeah. But, I'm kind of with you on that, and I'm not that bothered if it doesn't happen, to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. we we've got enough options there. Um, okay then, so. Let's go to back to you, Judgy. Gabriel's looks like he signed his uh, contract with Arsenal now. Um, so, 
just how's that made you feel? What, what do you think around that? I mean, we, we touched on it last week. Um, it, it's disappointing because it, you know, from from what we've what we've heard and what's came out, he was identified quite early on as our top target in that position, and apparently the talks went on. You know, Jordan locked down whilst the season, our season was still going on, and the fee was almost, you know, boxed off and whatever. But it's obviously became apparent that the players, you know, got interest in other clubs, and and you know, those other clubs were, were quickly alerted to his availability. So, like, like I said, like I touched on on the last last show, and it's now obviously being confirmed. I think it's disappointing um, that we've de- again gone and identified the target who really was never going to sign for us. Um, I think I think it's a key part of the home work you should be doing on a player is to to make sure there's that desire to, to join the club before we go and make a public interest and and certainly before we start lodging bids. Um, obviously, it's difficult to do that formally, but you know you can certainly have talks with his agents to say, look, we're going to be, you know, lodging a bid. You know what what are his intentions? So um, it looks like again we've been used as almost bait to bring to bring the other clubs in to a certain extent. And now, you know, you, you're, you're scraping around. The, it looks like we're scraping around, again, the same names as you did last summer. You know, your Tamori's on loan. Chris Smalling, who, who had a decent spell at Roma. But again, you know, he, he's been poor in the Premier League for quite some time. So, yeah, it, it's disappointing because I, I, I'm just, you know, it looks like we're a little bit stuck for options now. Yeah, so what's the latest on the Allen rumours? Are they going anywhere? Yeah, well, the, the latest from Gazetta Sport this morning was that he's, he, well, I think he, he'd said to um, the whatever the lead journalist that Gazetta Sport that he's on his way to Liverpool. You know, it was in he's flying to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be typical, wouldn't it? You um, yeah, we, yeah, Alcantara's gone cold, so we'll just take Alan instead. Um, yeah, so apparently, he's, you know, he's kind of flying over in preparation for the clubs to just finish doing what they need to do. Apparently, his personal terms are sorted. The club clubs are a million or two out. Apparently, it's to do with bonuses now. Um, Napoli are holding out for realistic bonuses. So I think Everton have put like you know a bonus structure in where it's like if we win the league, you get this, and they're like, come on, he's not going to win the league. So let's talk about realistic bonuses. So nice try. Yeah. So I think that's where that um they're a couple of million apart at the moment. But I can't see that going on longer than maybe a day or two now. I think I think Ancelotti will be saying, come on, we need to get this player in. What's what's a couple of million going to you know, yeah. going to do if we, if we then shows in that department again. So I think that's pretty much done. I, I, I've spoken enough about the player himself. I think he, yeah. he walks straight into the team. I don't think there's any any reason to labour on on that transfer anymore. I just hope the club don't labour on it any longer. Yeah. No, it doesn't serve anyone to, to drag it on at this point, does it? No. So, um, one of the more exciting signings for a few years, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, although... Myself and a lot of Evertonians would have been excited when we signed Davy Klassen, you know, as a Europa League winner and, you know, player of the tournament and all that in the Europa League when, you know, he's Ajax captain. I think I was excited by that cap, that signing, but, you know, he, he'd come from a significantly weaker league and, and, you know, he didn't have the physicality to, to play in the Premier League. That's certainly not the case with, with Alan. And, you know, he adds to that, I suppose, that Brazilian contingency that we seem to be building up at the moment, which, isn't the worst thing. I mean, you look at the makeup of the two sides last night and there was Brazilians in both teams and, you know, the, the South American players are certainly starting to feature a lot more in the top European sides than maybe they were five years ago. Um, yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, not discouraged by that. And I, I think 
I think he'll settle in well. Obviously, he knows the manager well. He knows the way the manager wants to play. And I think that's what Ancelotti wants more than anything else. Someone to start dictating the play in his, in his image. Um, yeah. I think he's certainly got the profile and the ability to come in and do that. So I'm, I'm very excited by it because he, he represented a lot of things, like I said last week, that we haven't got in, the, in both the midfield and in the squad in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really exciting signing and hopefully we get it done. Sooner yeah. rather than later, and a few more following through the door. <laughs> yeah. So one of the um, one of the things I enjoy least about about running this podcast with you is you've got to keep abreast of the of the, uh, the, the the transfer news and any gossip on the other sides of the park. Um, I didn't read the story, but I seen a headline about Everton putting a price tag on Richarlison. Caught me eye. Um, what can you tell us about that? Well, yeah, obviously Barcelona lodged the bids in January, I think it was, uh, and the, it was £100 million, and Everton just basically said no. So, you know, it's below, way below our, our valuation, um, yeah. which, which, was, which was bold, but, but fair. You know, we, we paid the best part of £50 million for him anyway, and, you know, he's since gone on from then. He's since become, a, you know, the first choice centre forward for Brazil. So, uh, you know, that, that type of money is not, not unrealistic. Um, so the price tag apparently they put on him is 160 million euros, which is 143 million pound, which would represent pretty much a 100 million pound profit. Which uh, you know you can't you can't uh, can be disappointed with that. But in this market, and you have spoke about it, the impact of COVID, etc. I can't see anyone being able to afford that. I think it's just basically put up or you know put up or shut up, and no one's going to put up that. I don't think in this economic climate. Um, so I think it's basically just to, you know, basically scared everyone off for this moment in time. I think Richarlison has come out and said, you know, to the manager, look, I'm willing to give Everton another season to see if they go in the direction that I need to go in. You know, and apparently, you know, if we can qualify for Europe and, and you know, compete a bit more this season, they'd be happy to stick around for another couple of years, which I can't, you know, I can't question. Well, I can't uh, be disappointed with, with that comment because I think it's a fair point. Like I've said, he's now... A feature in the Brazilian national team that there is attention from from the bigger clubs in Europe. So you can't be you can't be grudging and uh, wanting to leave at the end of the season if we don't match his ambitions. Yeah, I, I think it's one of them with the price tag. Sometimes you look at a player and you go, he's not worth that. But then the club who own him say, yeah, but he's worth that to us. You know, mm. we wouldn't let him go for less. And we kind of that's what we kind of said about Coutinho at the time. So. You know, I, I think the other thing is we know we know he's worth that to Barcelona. We're, you know, we're looking at what they paid for Coutinho, what they paid for Suarez. Now he's not goal return; he's nowhere near Suarez. But they they want, or it seems like they're really after the forwards at the moment. Who can threat? You can be a threat in the air, on the floor. You know, he's got blister and pace. He's got all of the attributes that, that Barcelona will want in a in an out and out forward. And for me, if he got the service. That he would get at Barcelona, he'd double the figures that he gets for us because he's been feeding off scraps for the last 18 months. Yet he still yeah. put up, you know, 15, 16 Premier League goals last season, which is yeah. no mean feat in, in what is a pretty, you know, blunt attack. Yeah. Well, that's a, actually, that's a perfect segue into the thing I wanted to touch on next. Um, Coleman's obviously come in at Barcelona, and one of the first things he said is, so many players are on the, up for you know on the transfer list, and top of that list will be Luis Suarez out the club. I think he's at 33, 34 years old now. Is is although he's been tremendous for Barcelona, the goal returns been exceptional, the performance levels been exceptional, but we've seen a drop off this year from his usual, from his own personal high standards. There haven't been obviously the stories have come out in Liverpool. He's up there. Might Liverpool be interested? No solid links. 
no reports of Liverpool being interested as of yet, but the Scousers are talking. Um, Terry, would you have Luis Suarez back? So you can ask me then, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'd have him back. Um, you know, I've talked before about like the types of players that we're looking at. It needs to be someone who can come in and play anywhere across that front three. Even at thirty-three, I think I think Suarez would be a more than capable backup or like other option for us. He's still a ruthless competitor. You know, he doesn't get. He doesn't seem to suffer the same wear and tear as other players, you know, in, in terms of like injury-wise. You know, he's very robust and he always has been. Obviously, he's had injuries, but he, in in general, he's he's a lot more robust than I think than a lot of other players. And I think I think he'll play for another three, four, five seasons. Um, now, I take the point is if performance levels have dropped off a little bit, or his output's dropped off a little bit for Barcelona, but it's it's dropped off for Barcelona as a side, hasn't it? You know, if mm-hmm. we're being honest about it. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily reflective of what he's still got to offer to, to a football team. I think if there was a, if there was a chance that Liverpool could get him and, it, and the money was right, I mean, I think, you know, I'm saying before, I don't think we'd spend a lot of money on someone who's 29. I certainly don't think we'd go out of our way to spend a lot of money on Luis Suarez at 33. Um, his contract but, situation's weird there, Terry. Because um, it's like his contract's about to run out. But I didn't really understand it, but... Barcelona have got an option or something, and if they were going to sell him, they'd take that option and then sell him. Yeah, because so basically his contract's due to expire probably then, um, and they've got the option to extend it without, and he's got no choice. He has to accept it if they want to. And we've done that previously on players, you know, we've said, all right, we'll take the 12 months and then we'll sell them because basically that just gives, that basically stops teams going, right, well, we'll get them on a free then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, no, it guarantees you'll get some sort of transfer fee for them. Um, yeah. So I don't know what that would look like for Barcelona. Um, again, it's it, you know there's, there's still all kinds of Coutinho money to be paid and stuff and all kinds of stuff like that. So I don't... Only four million now, you know, from oh, really? four million. Yeah, that's all that's left, and it's got to do with something like fifteen more appearances. That's well, why the Champions League thing didn't count. Yeah, well, it, it, it's one of them. I think if if you could get Suarez and he was he was receptive to coming back to Liverpool, I, I'd snap your hands off all day because I I just think you know. I imagine him sitting on the bench what teams would be like shit you know Suarez on the bench or even if he starts do you know what I mean it's like he's back. Yeah. I think he'd be perfect I mean you play him in a traditional number nine role or someone who's on the shoulder and he's lost that half yard of pace then, then maybe not but someone who can link play who can come deep who can start a press who can win the ball who can keep that winning mentality up another mentality monster another person who's keeping the tempo going on the training pitch yeah. I think he's he's made for a Liverpool team like this and it would give Bobby Firmino the rocket that maybe he needs a little bit to keep his his consistency levels going throughout the whole of next season because if he did drop off to be a world-class player I think the other thing with Firmino just to chip in on that as well it, it might just help him learn a little bit from Suarez you know he, he's missing that kind of cutting edge isn't he Firmino he's, he's not an out and out nine anyway but Suarez has gone to Barcelona and he's had to develop his own game and become that link player, which Firmino already is. I think having someone like him around every day in training and, and looking at the way he goes about himself and is a bit more savvy and, and whatever in front of goal, I don't think that'll do him any harm either. No, think, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that 100% because as you say, as you mentioned there, Bobby is a link-up player. No one can teach him anything about that. But in terms of the ruthlessness in front of goal, some of the movements in front of goal and, and, and the cleverness to, to trick defenders and stuff that, that Luis Suarez has got, you know, there's no one in the, on the planet who couldn't learn from him. Yeah, but I'm, I absolutely 
almost licking me lips at the prospects. Just imagine if you if you lines up with Suarez back in the middle at Liverpool, Mane on the left, Salah on the right, and Firmino pulling things. Tell you it's there if you want it. Oh, it's, it's naughty. It's just Not naughty. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. naughty. But uh, yeah. apparently there's a ballot. And, and you can express an interest whether you want to go to the Zabi. I won't be going to that Zabi. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be but fair, though, would you want to come and sit on a bench? Because there's quite strong links. Um, Suarez back to Ajax. We're probably going to be the main man, Champions League football. Or nah, not really going to go from Barcelona and winds it in at, in the end of the is he? You know what I mean? It's like. Well, if he plays, got back to the club where he was. No, I can't see it. He's not that type of player, is he? No, I I can't see it myself. I think he's too competitive a player to want to drop down standards when he knows there'd be other teams, big European teams that would offer him. You know, I reckon there'd be other Premier League teams in for him. I think there'd be, you know, other teams around Europe that'd certainly be in for him. Big sides, much better standard than Ajax and. You know, whilst he might have an affection for Ajax as he was there at one, once upon a time, I, I just that, that's a big drop away. You know, that's a, a much lower standard, I think. You know, the, the Dutch league, than, and I, I still think he's got lots to offer at, at 33 years of age. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. If 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 we if we can if we can figure out a way to get him back, I'd, I'll forgive him that little sort of pantomime villain stuff that he done when we played Barcelona <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. Because you know he's still he's still for me the best player I've ever seen. You know, in terms yeah. of just raw talent and aggressiveness and and, and winning mentality in the Liverpool shirt. It give it get a lift on the cop, wouldn't it as well? Not that we need one, but imagine. Yeah. Right. yeah absolutely. Okay, moving on to our social media section then. Um, start with an Everton question, Judgy. We touched on. You know, John Joe Kenny and Broadhead earlier. This question's about Anthony Gordon. It's coming from Chris Jarrett via the website. Um, he wants to know how big a role can Gordon play this season? Oh, I think we've lost Sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. Considering the form or lack of form of, of Alex Iwobi, um, you know, Theo Walcott, again, his, his best years seem to be behind him. Bernard hasn't, you know, really pulled up trees in the in the last year or so. I think I think it's up to Anthony Gordon. Um I think if he if he picks up where he, he left off last year or probably more to, to the point if he if he goes again and, and steps up at another level, I think he can be as big a part as he wants to be. Um you know he he started the game on Saturday. I think I think Ancelotti's certainly shown that he trusts him. Um I think the big test for him now is is just goal return now. Is is starting to add goals to his game. Um, he got a couple of assists when he was in the team at the back end of last season. But you know, if you're going to play in that position, if, you know, the three behind the one, if you like, or if you're going to play on the wing, I think you not only need to get assists, but you've got to get goals as well. So I think I think to answer the question, I, I think he's got a bigger role to play in that team as as he wants to have because there's definitely a, a gap there, and there's definitely a couple of positions that are not really nailed on. Um, you know, it obviously depends what what system he plays, where Richarlison's going to play, whether he plays as an out and out forward to Calvert Lewin or whether he goes out to the flank. It depends if we bring in other reinforcements. But for me, on form, on raw form alone, um, and and what he's shown in the last six months, I think he's, you know, he he would be one of the first names on the team sheet in that in that front four. Yeah. Um, Where's he from, Judge? South. I think he's from um, like the south end of the city. Oh, so right, he, yeah. is, he, is a, he is a scouser, like, but um, yeah. he's yeah. from the South End. I, I'm not 100% sure, to be fair, but I think it's like Halewood or something like that. Yeah. Um, nice to, for you to have Kenny and Gordon if they can both kick on. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, the, 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 you know, the both lads who've come through the academy since they were, you know, five and six years of age. Um, so yeah, they, they know, they, they understand what you know the Evertonians expect, and 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 you know what, and and he's shown that just from his early performances. He worked really hard, and you know he he's positive when he gets the ball. He he tries to be exciting and try and you know force the issue. So I, I think he's shown already with his performances and application that he knows what it takes to you know to get the Everton fans out of the seats and and to you know to to you know get the crowd to endear endear themselves endear themselves yeah. to him. So. Yeah, it, it, I'm hopeful he can, he can be he can feature this season again and, and and you know and go again. But it really is up to him. I think he could quickly be back in them under twenty threes again or out to the pitcher. You know, if he has a, a run of games or, or or spell at the start of the season where he's not really influencing uh, yeah. the game much. Make or break, make or break time for, and I then think so yeah, I think so. time. Okay, we've got another Everton question uh, from Lee via the website. But before we do that. We'll touch on a Liverpool question we've had from Ian McFarlane. He said, I would not let Wijnaldum leave at any cost, despite suggestions that we will or can bring in Thiago. Wijnaldum is part of a very special group of players who must be kept, not replaced. If he wants out next summer, then shake hands part ways then. But this season could be so special and we need him to stay ahead of bringing players in. What do all the lads think? So, Terry, are you in agreement with Ian? Yeah, I mean... I certainly wouldn't be looking to let Wijnaldum go without a fight, if I'm honest. I think he's a very still underappreciated player at Liverpool, you know, in terms of he's, he's probably, I'd, I'd still say, one of the best holding mids that we've got there. You know, him alongside Fabinho just, just worked, you know, when, when, when we played that system where they had the, the sort of flat two at the back, at the base of the midfield, and then, and then like an attacking mid in front of them. But he's very versatile, you know what I mean? He, he, can, he can do anything, Wijnaldum. I fully expect that he could play centre-half or full-back if we ever needed him to as well. Well, he um, well, he, well yeah, you know, that's, that's right. And, I, I, you know, I think he's been a massive part of the success of this team. He's, he's just one of them sort of players that goes about his business, does it to a very high, consistent standard all the time. You know, and, and when he isn't on it, it's very noticeable, you know, in terms of, like, the, the impact that it has on us as a side. And I've... I think when we first signed him, I used to make the point that he was poor away from home, and and you could see we were so much better at home than we were away because Ryan Alden was on was on point. Um, but he certainly got rid of that from his game now, and I don't really see why we would go out of our way to sell him. But I suppose it feels like a little bit like it's on him at the moment. Like is he well, looking at it thinking I've won everything I can win at Liverpool, and I want to finish my career somewhere else. Well, there's a year left, Terry. So the reason for selling him will be to get some money in for him. And I think that's the crux of Ian's question. Forget the money he's saying. Let's just keep him regardless. Um, I think, you know, reading between some reports and all that, and don't know how much truth is in them, he wants more money than he's being offered on his current contract. He's not willing to sign quickly to what he's being offered. Liverpool are saying, well, things are a bit iffy with COVID. He's the last to sign. So the other midfielders have all had big pay rises, you know, and, and he hasn't had his yet. And now Liverpool are saying, well, maybe we can't afford to give it to you. So at that stage, what do you do as a club? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, if, if he's adamant that, you know, he, he wants X and if we're not going to give him it, then he's going to go. Then we have to sell him. Because you we wouldn't can't let go- him... No, I wouldn't let him run it down because we've done that with Emre Chan, you know, and, and I think we, you know, we, we missed out there on probably... 30 probably could have even been talking about 30 or 40 million quid for Chan at the time, and we ended up getting nothing. And I think that was a mistake, you know, from Liverpool to do that. I don't think it's a mistake that they'd make again. 
and letting a big player, you know, somebody could probably get at least, uh, you know, a, a, it's a weird one because I don't know what we get for Wijnaldum because I do think he's underappreciated by the wider, you know, sort of yeah. fan base, you know, football community. It, it, he's like he, he's like a bit of an unsung hero. I still think we'd get a significant fee, you know, of maybe 40, well, you, 50 million quid, I would expect. I would you've, got, you've got one advantage, haven't you, in that Koeman is now yeah. the Ajax manager and obviously has Barca. been... He's been sorry, Ajax manager, the Barcelona manager, and he he's been the you know the Dutch manager for the last couple of years, in which arguably Wijnaldum has played some of his better games. You know, yeah. For the you know, in terms of sticking out to the outsider, who's looking at you know the the score sheet and looking who scored and who's assisting, who's created, he's been the main man for Holland over yeah, the last yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, he, there's a, there's someone who would would appreciate his skill set. Yeah. So I think. Sorry, 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 you're saying there 40, 50 mil for a player who's got 12 months left. I wasn't even thinking in that price range. I was thinking more 25 mil. I mean, 50 mil is a serious question. 25 mil, I'd keep him. It might be the difference between winning the league or not. Just for the amount of time on the contract and the age. I, do, I, I think, I think you, would, you would arguably get more for Wijnaldum. He's such a versatile player. You know, he can play in so many different positions. He's, fourth, he's, he's what we would say is the fourth vice-captain at Liverpool. So he's a leader. You know, he's a serious member of our te- first team squad, mm. and a, and and a, you know, a, 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 as I say, like a major component of this club side. I think you could argue that you know you get better than twenty twenty five million. I know, like that's you're probably maybe thinking about that because that's what Alcantara has been talked about as going for in that sort of thirty million bracket. Wijnaldum's got to be alongside him, but the difference is Wijnaldum's been you know, an absolutely key fundamental part of an all-conquering Liverpool team for the last two or three seasons and a major part of a Dutch side that, that's, you know, starting to look like a, a bit of a team again. So I, I think we could argue that you could get more for him um, than, than 20 million or 25 million. Yeah, well, Alcantara, you know, I think he, he's got till January, hasn't he, on his contracts, whereas Genie's got till June. So it's a bit of a difference, but still think, you know, personally, I think that sounds offering almost any player who's got a year left. But I, I, I mean, regardless of that, I think, you know, he, another thing that Ian's hinting at here without saying it directly is he would not sell Genie to buy Alcantara. I suppose if the fees were similar, he wouldn't do it. I think he wants, if that's the scenario, he wants to keep Genie. Have you got any thoughts on that? Well, are you better sticking with the devil? You know, you know what I mean. Wijnaldum's yeah. never let us down. He's he's been more than a, more than enough for what we've needed in our midfield because we've won the Champions League, we've won the league. It's like so. It's not like you know, Alcantara might be a better player, but in this Liverpool team, Wijnaldum's proven you know to do exactly the job that he gets asked to do by Klopp. So it's like why take that risk if someone comes in who, who can't live up to that? You know, because. Yeah, it's not it's a not question about talent. Dudes. No, it's not. And, and you know, it's sometimes it's chemistry, it's understanding, yeah. Yeah. It, it's you know, knowing what cop wants, as you've said, and all that. And it can take a while to get. It can yeah. take a while and, to get there. And you know, it, it there's that risk. So I, I take the point of it. If we can get 25 million for Wijnaldum, and then we're going to buy Alcantara for 25 million, and Wijnaldum was sort of of the opinion that he would stay if we if we could, if we were going to give him the right money. With I mean, it'd probably be big money to pay Alcantara his wage. So. Um, I I think I agree with the listener. I'd, I'd I'd stick with Wijnaldum, me. But if Wijnaldum was agitating to go in terms of he wants more than we we can really pay him, or he wants to finish somewhere else, then you know it's one of them, isn't it? I I think if a player decides that they want to go, or or you know you can't you can't make the deal that they want, then I'm of the opinion that you've got to let them go. You know I I, I don't want to see him run down his contract and walk away from the pool on a free at the end of next season. I think that'll just be a 
a soggy, disappointing yeah. way. I don't know. If we won the league and he was a part of it, then I, I, I'd be all right with it. But moving on, we've got a question from Lee via the website for Judgy. What do the lads make of Balassi on Saturday? I think he showed more direct play than anyone in our team has for years, apart from Richardson. <laughs> what do you make of that, Judge? I don't know whether Judge is muted. muted or he just doesn't want to answer because Balassi is terrible. <laughs> 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 I, did, I did see him. I did see him on Saturday, and I've got to agree that he looked, you know, one of the better players. I went out of my way to not mention him before because I knew this question was coming up. But just to give it a, a bit of wider context, probably for the Liverpool listeners more than anything else, the lads conducted himself really well over the last few months. Um, he's been doing a lot in the community during, you know, since he's been back to, to kind of. Um, support, you know, younger Everton supporters and, and people in need and whatever. And um, he's been sh- he's been working really hard, apparently, you know, individually. Uh, he's come back in and, again, he's he's rolled his socks up. He was willing to go and stream with the, the 23s if that's what it took. He's, he's basically been saying, look, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to try and prove myself. And, you know, you've got you've to respect that. Um, and again, Saturday, like the listener said, I think he, he certainly come on and looked like, a play with the point to prove, and I think that's that's where I'd stop with the the compliments. Um, if we if this if we're talking about a player here that we paid five million for a few years ago and was a little bit unlucky, didn't really get his break in the team, um, then I'd be saying you know let's give him another crack. But he's not. He's a player we played the best part of nearly thirty million for. Uh, he's a player that you should have come in. You know, when we first bought him, hit the ground running, score goals, assisted. If that was, you know, the the true value of him, he's not. He's shown for me um, over a period of time, not only with us, but in in his loan spells at you know the likes of Middlesbrough and Sport and Lisbon, he's not good enough at this level. He's not. Yeah. Um, he, he hasn't got the the end product. There's too much, too many step overs going on, and you know, flamboyant stuff that doesn't really produce an end product. Um, so as much as I, I, you know, I've got to respect the listener's question and I, and I agree with them to a certain extent, I think you know, the sooner we can get rid of the likes of Balassi um, you know, at, at the right price or at any price, if, if I'm going to be honest, and get them off the wage bill and, and bring in fresh faces and, and, fresh, and players who, who've got something to prove um, in, you know, for the right reasons, then you know, I, I think um, the sooner we can do that, the better. Yeah, what made me laugh? What happens when you send us a question is, one of us will share it in our WhatsApp group and we'll discuss it a little bit so we kind of know what approach we're going to take when we go live. And you know, the question coming from me and <laughs> Mills, he said, although he can't disagree with what he said, it's such a depressing comment to read. <laughs> no disrespect to Lee, you know, he, he knew what he meant. But what yeah, did, well, did Mills I, mean by that, Judge? I think what he meant is that well, we're talking about Balassi again, being like the. <laughs> The new, almost like a new signing, do you know what I mean? And and he was the shining light. And I, I think I think that Lily will understand what Millsy means by that. Is we should be we should be able to move on now from that era of what were you know very poor signings by you know um, by Steve Walsh uh, and very you know slapdash business that went on. Um, so I, I think we were hoping that the likes of Balassi and and you know Mo Bezic was another player who come on on Saturday. And I know a lot of Everton play fans at the start of the last season when we were. You know, really struggling. We were calling for the likes of Bezic and why have you not got him in there? He'd run around and he'd kick people. But anyone who watched the game Saturday knows why Mo Bezic is not playing for Everton and, and is not playing for any Premier League club. He, he literally 
That's all he does. He runs rounds, few good touches here and there. He'll try and hit a fifty-yard ball. It's not he doesn't even exist, and it just flies out of play. <laughs> and then he'll go and kick someone for no reason. He, he's a brains as idiot. Um, but but he runs around a lot, so you can. But but you know if you watch a game when we've been really poor and he comes on, he'll do a lot of things that maybe the players on the pitch haven't been doing, but he won't make any difference to the game. And he's yeah. reckless. And but again, he's another player where you're just like, all right, come on, let's just shift these and let's move these on now. Yeah. So what Millsy was getting at was like, I can't believe we're recycling the likes of Balassi and Bezic yeah. and, and now they're they're suddenly becoming beacons of light. <laughs> when really that you know it, they're the they're the dregs of all. Yeah. <laughs> the they're the players we couldn't the yeah, they're yeah. the darkest part. That they're the players we can't even shift. Can't even yeah. get rid of them. Even Sandro's not here at the moment. So we've managed to kind of keep him away. But Balassi <laughs> manages and Bezic managed to still claw cling on and Finds a place, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah just, it just made me laugh that. But while we're speaking of Millsy, obviously, Millsy basically runs our Twitter. Um, and one of his babies was he, he was determined to find out what you guys think is the best derby of all time. We had eight Liverpool wins, we had eight Everton wins, six sorry, say of all time, it's it's in the, in the Premier, Premier League, League yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. So we had 16 derbies, and now we're down to the to the semi-final. But we just want to say a big thank you, really, because we've had tens of thousands of votes and shares and retweets and stuff. So it's approaching the final. So Reds, I want you to make sure you get voting. I think it's going to be the Gary Mack derby for Liverpool, or maybe the 5-2. One of, one of them is going to come out on top. And for Everton, it's the 3-0, 0-6, or the 1-0. 0405. That's in the semi for you. Have you got a favourite there, Judge? Out of the two, I'd go with the 0405 because at the time it meant a lot to us. It, it, you know, it catapulted us towards at the time. You know, it qualifying for the Champions League and uh, you know it qualifying was... for the Champions League. Qualifier, you mean? <laughs> no qualifier for <laughs> you, the Champions you never League. Got in the Champions League. No qualifier for the Champions League. That's what I'm saying. It's not a qualifier for the qualifier, is it? Qualifier no. for the qualifier was it being finishing fourth. That's a qualifier for the qualifier. <laughs> That's why well, I said qualifier before you jumped on that, you muppet. Um, <laughs> so that at, at, the t- at that moment in time, I think that, that victory had more significance, albeit I enjoyed the 3 0 one more you know, after the game. Do you know what I mean? So I, I go with the 4 5 one. Actually, Terry, I got that wrong. The 5 2 win sort of uh, bumped out the, the Gary Mack derby, actually. So Gary Mack didn't make it to the semi. We've actually got the 4 0. 13-14 under Rodgers when we just dismantled them. Or the more recent 5-2, which was embarrassing for Everton, really. Um, what's your favourite of them two? Yeah, I think it probably the more recent one, just because of, it, it just it was so shocking, you know, for like, and, and just sort of brutal, you know, just literally just disposed of sort of thing. Um, so I think... I think the Rogers one was was a good one. Like I, mean, I think on the on the Rogers one we played using derbies about three times in that season as well, didn't we? Like you know, quite close together. It was like we, we mm. played just a couple of times. Um but no, I'm probably gonna go for the for the five two. Yeah. I think well, we'll see what happens, but once again, really appreciate all the votes. Um we're made up with it, so just keep going and make sure you vote in the final. Just to close the show then, Terry. Liverpool have got an opportunity to get their hands on some trophy, some silverware yet again. Saturday, 4.30, Charity Shield, Liverpool v Arsenal. How much does it mean to you? Um, it's one of them, you know. 
it's always like a nice little sort of one to get the juices flowing, isn't it, before the season starts? And, you know, it's normally plays on a nice sunny day in August. And we went down, didn't we, when we played City in it? Um, and it was, you know, all right, we didn't get the win that we wanted, uh, but it was a good game and, and we had a good time. So even though our coach broke down, didn't we? We couldn't get home, remember? <laughs> it was proper bedlam. Um, but with all of this, like behind closed doors and all that, you know, it just for me, it feels even less of a of a meaningful game. You know, in terms of it's it is a piece of you know it's a piece of silverware, but it's it's one of them when it's not even a piece of silverware. You're listening in front of your fans. It, you know, it, it it's lessened again. You know, from what it is as an exhibition match, really. Um, mm. Obviously, I want us to win it. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of them games. I want us to win every game, but. I don't think you can look at the Charity Shield and really sort of say, oh, you know, it's one that it's a must win. It's one that we we desperately need to get our hands on it. Um, but I want us I to win it and win it comfortably. Um, and you know, I'd like to see some good individual performances. Yeah, you know, it's one for the Twitter wars, and it? it's bragging rights, champions of everything, and all that type of stuff. So you know, it's nice to have them bragging rights. I'll be interested to see, like the Liverpool City game was that was that was competed fiercely. Last yeah. year wasn't yeah. like a friendly. I, I'd be interested to see whether this game will be the same, and I think it will. I think Arsenal have the bit between the teeth of something to prove against the champions. So I'm looking forward to it as a spectacle. Yeah, it's one of them. Obviously, you know, it's it, it, it's one that you'll watch and enjoy. Um, and and as I say, I want us to win it, but you know, I'm not going to start like crying or not. And if we don't, it's it, it's one of them. I, I actually I actually think it'll mean more to Arsenal and Arteta than it will to you because yeah. I think he's trying to kind of capture that winning mentality isn't he they've went and beat City in the FA Cup final kind of kicks it off a little bit um, mm. I, I think it, and obviously being an ex-Everton player I think he, he always looks at that Liverpool game as being an opportunity to kind of to, uh, to get get his back for some of the defeats he's been on the, you know, the wrong ends of so um, I, I think it, it'll mean a lot to the Arsenal team and to him you know, to kind of kick off the season and go, look, we just beat the champions. And, you know, this is, you know, again, a demonstration of what we can do rather than, whereas for you, I think he's a proven that he's come win, you know, enough times on the big stage. And, and maybe, like you say, the charity shield isn't necessarily the, the biggest priority. Mm. I totally agree with you, Judge. Yeah, I think it will, it potentially will mean more to them. Even though the Liverpool's squad is so professional and stuff, I just think there'll be that bit more emotion in it for Arsenal. But I think that's great for us. Because, yep. you know, you can play all the friendly games you want, but that's the advantage of being in the Charity Shield. A couple of weeks before the season starts, you get the best prep. Yeah, it's a meaningful anyone. friendly, isn't it? Almost yeah. a meaningful exhibition game. Um, so, yeah, I know I agree. And listen, I want us to win it. Like, make no mistake. I'm just, I'm just good to be not going to have the sports, sports pays a cup this year. That's normally our uh, meaningful <laughs> friendly. <Yeah. laughs> right, on that note then... Um, Really enjoyed recording with you lads. Um, another good episode. I hope that the listeners have enjoyed it. So from us, a big thank you, and we'll speak to you next Monday. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, well.